Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Dead Planet Society. I am one of your hosts, Adam Proctor, and joining me on the line today is uh, my counterpart, my partner in crime, the yin to my yang, the shizzle to the rizzle dizzle. Uh, I don't know. Ben Burgess, what's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, I was hoping you were going <laughs> to jump in and stop me before I made too much of an ass on myself. No, no, I was just going to let that go. Uh, yeah, I'm good, yeah. pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. You know, it's, uh, we're living in hell, as always, as you know, as per usual. Apologies in advance for being uh, down for the count last week. Uh, we we aired a B-side that was previously recorded with Matt Chrisman of the Chapo Trap Houses. And uh, we, we aired that for, for the masses, the unwashed masses. That was previously a B-side, but we didn't record any fresh content last week because I was down for the count. I had a terrible virus. It wasn't COVID, which like now I'm thankful about, right? Because they're finding out that it turns out those antibodies probably don't do a whole hell of a lot for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, what I've seen is that it seems like most people produce at least some antibodies, maybe not if you're asymptomatic and it's not totally clear just yet how it like, whether like most people who do produce some antibodies, whether that's really enough to give you immunity. Yeah, but hey, at least, at least, though, at least the Trump administration has taken independent oversight and, uh, you know, <laughs> transparent right. scientific objectivity away from the CDC and, and, and shoved it into the hands of uh, you know, administrated administration appointed officials in, uh, in, the, in HHS. You know, thank God for that, because now uh, we'll have absolutely no fucking idea what's going on with the, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, when they'll be completely subjected <laughs> to political manip- manipulation. Uh, certainly nothing like what the same administration was criticizing, uh, some months ago in, Ch- in China. Yeah. Here we are folks. We're descending into a, another deeper, lower level of hell. Uh, Dante's Inferno 2020 style. Florida looks to be shutting down pretty soon. Parts of Texas are definitely shutting down. California just put the hammer on a number of things. You know, you guys just stay safe out there, man. It's uh, it's a wild it's a wild time to be alive. And I just wanted to open with a little provocative question. Ready for this? Yeah, it's not very bantery. This is a, a fun way to open DPS, one of the deepest, most intense, real shit socialist podcasts on the air today. Given all of this shit, right? Yeah. What does it mean to be a socialist in July of 2020? Uh, we we just know. saw Angela Davis, the like radical OG in many circles, you know, uh, put out a passioned plea for people to hold their noses and do whatever it takes to vote for Joe fucking Biden. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to see that. Like, you're going to see that over and over and over again. And I and I'm I'm on board, especially after this latest move by the Trump administration to essentially make uh, scientific data points. Uh, you know, a, a set series of political footballs. But but what does it mean to be a socialist in in July of 2020? From where we stand, what what are we doing here anyway? I guess is the question to open up the show. I don't know. My understanding is mostly about shit posting. Yeah. <laughs> <You've> been- <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, go go down shit posting or die trying. 
Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm never going to stop posting. I'm going to make my anime stop posting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How's that going for you so far? Pretty good. Awesome. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, um, actually it's kind of funny tonight. There was a thing because I guess like there were hackers who got into a bunch of high profile Twitter accounts and, um, and like tweeted something from them about like how everybody should, send Bitcoin to this like certain address. And so Twitter actually shut down tweets by uh, blue check mark verified posters for like 45 minutes. So, uh, you know, but it's okay. They're back. So we, we don't need to worry about that. Normalcy has been uh, reinstated. Normalcy has been, has been reestablished. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's, we, it's pretty we, dismal, right? Like, we got like, cancel culture. We've got COVID. We've got uh, 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 Trump's buffoonery. We've got Biden holding them, carrying the flag as the best and last and only hope uh, of, of humanity. We have people who have otherwise been like strident defenders of democratic socialism, like AOC in her own flawed way at times, really like just self emulating in the flames of, of cancel culture in a lot of ways in a thoughtless kind of way. Um, It's, it's fucking dismal, but I do have, I do believe we can dig our way out, but we we need to find our bearings uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, uh, yeah, the, the AOC thing, it's, it's not entirely surprising, you know, she, right. she's, you know, she's always been kind of all over the place. And if, if there's kind of a like standard left view for better or worse, she probably has it. Um, and you know, whatever, whatever is going to kind of like make people on Twitter slow clap, right. You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. probably, you know, that's probably going to be her view. Um, and you know, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm, I'm glad that she's in Congress. She's definitely a big asset overall, but, uh, but you know, sure. it's not, uh, it, you know, but it's also, it's not surprising, right? Like there's, there's like, if there's a kind of bad left take that's sort of hegemonic on the left right now, she is always going to have it, right? Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's yeah. a rule, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, like when, when the, um, you know, defund stuff, defund the police stuff came up and, you know, whatever, like, you know, we can get into it. I think even you and I have slightly different takes on that, but like, uh, but I think that what we can agree is a bad take. Um, and, and actually really we could say with mathematical precision is a bad take. There's like really not a lot of room for subjectivity here uh, is that we can have like, good schools and all the kinds of city services that we'd want by defunding the police. The reason I say that we can say this with mathematical precision, this is a bad take is like literally do a little bit of back of the bad napkin math. And that's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the LA United district, uh, that system. um, Yeah. You know, if you break it up uh, per capita or whatever, and you defund the police entirely, you get like what somebody said, 88 bucks per person. You're not going (laughs) to fund a robust social welfare system on 88 bucks per person. Right. Like, no, no, you're, you're certainly not right. Like, uh, and and like, and literally her tweet about this was like, Hey, we've been saying we want, you know, more money for this and that and the other thing. They said, how are you going to pay for it? So we found the line item, defund the police. It's like, well, no, uh, like in New York city where she's from, 
uh, you could, I think you could, you know, I'm trying to remember, but it's something like you could cut like $5 billion of the $6 billion NYPD budget. Uh, and half of that would just go into stopping cuts that are already scheduled for the New York public schools. <laughs> and, uh, and the other half would be like yeah. a 5% increase or something. It's, it's, it's nothing. Right. And, and there's a, and there's like a systematic thing there because people who are first starting to, to think about it, right. Like they've like, they want to, you know, they, they sort of get excited partially for good reasons, right. Like they, they think, Oh, Hey, um, like I've got some left, you know, economic impulses, right? I think that there should be more funding for schools. There should be more social services, you know, that there should be, you know, hey, there are lots of situations that the police are called for right now uh, where, you know, that like it would be better if we had some sort of setup where instead of, you know, armed and, you know, probably overstressed and pissed off, you know, cops, we could uh, we could call uh, counselors or social workers. Absolutely. But you're not going to pay for very many, like literally 5 billion of the $6 billion budget for the NYPD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sink to the school. You haven't even like you have, that's not even a big funding increase for the schools. You certainly yeah. haven't f- hired a single counselor or social worker yet. And but, we, we know, should say that New York city is somewhat idiosyncratic in terms of just how fucking much they spend on their police. Like yeah, yeah, all, they're, they're, all they're, cities spend a lot on police, but, but New York it spends a shitload on police. And yeah, so like I mean, that the, would even the, be the NYPD uh, is probably better funded than the militaries of some countries. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've seen statistics on this. I don't want to rail them off. Cause they, cause they'd probably be wrong, but yeah, they have a higher, a larger budget than, than most sovereign States uh, across. The yeah. And, and so, so, right, so New York, the, the, so the New world, York rather. city, like New York city, the NYPD, this like gargantuan empire of policing that they have in New York, even that is like fucking nothing as far as funding social services, uh, much less like bumfuck Iowa where, you know, like, I mean, the, the police, like, you know, you could just liquidate the police department and like buy like a couple of cups of coffee, you know, for like for every, every resident of the city. Uh, so like, it, it, you know, it's understandable that people sort of say, okay, look, there's this, there's this entirely justified, outcry about police violence. Uh, there's some left economic impulses. This looks like a way to connect the two. So, you know, this, this doesn't come from a bad place necessarily, uh, but it's just so fucking poorly thought out. Uh, like thinking that this is, you know, like, well, like the AOC tweet, right? This is it. We found the line item. Uh, and, you know, I guess the thing I'd say about this is that the sort of through line not to, you know, beat up on, on AOC too much. Right. I mean, like, like she, she is definitely one of the three best members of the house of representatives. Right. Uh, But like, you know, still the, the thing that connects that terribly poorly thought out take with her absolutely wretched uh, defense of cancel culture is that both of them are things that can only emerge from a left that spends all of its fucking time talking to each other and like not online. Like, 
online about exactly. specific things, right? Not not talking <laughs> about specific things online. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're like, they're not talking about like strategy for like organizing workplaces. You know what it's like. You know what it's like. And 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 those of you who have perfectly healthy like non waspy relationships with your parents, you guys can just tune out for a minute. Go like I don't know. <laughs> talk to your dad about your hopes and dreams, and he'll tell you how much he loves you or some shit. But look, most of us don't fucking have it like that. Okay, so the rest you assholes can tune out for a second. Okay wasps yeah dysfunctional types out there maybe like second first second generation types you know kind of twisted uh complicated relationships with your parents you know okay here's here's what the left does it's the equivalent uh it's uh i believe this is what they call a is this a simile or a metaphor you tell me when i'm done i don't know the difference i never paid attention uh perhaps an allegory i don't know uh you do tell me when i'm done so, you know, you call your dad, you know, you make that like a weekly, maybe, a, you know, bi-monthly call. Yeah. It's like, he's like, hey, son, ha, 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 how are things? And you're not going to tell him about that, like that Twitter spat you had the other day. <laughs> you're definitely not going to tell him, you know, that like, you know, you're having a you're bummed out or you're, you're, you know, you don't see your friends as much anymore because they're married and their kids take up all the time. Or well, you're not going to tell them about your woes. You're going to be like, well, you know, it's, uh, I can't, maybe, you think I'm going to play baseball this year? You know, you stick to you stick to like very constrained, like simplistic topics, and you know, oh, you know, like that COVID's uh, spiking up again, there, isn't it? You know, very constra- very constrained topics. So that's kind of what the left does online with each other, right? Like we stick to this like very like um, toxic, but but like you know, sub subterraneously toxic uh, scripted kind of like conversation where we all feel safe and we don't go outside the boundaries and talk about real shit for fear of like, you know, upsetting each other's like political sensibilities. Like you talk to your boomer father. Yeah. 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 No, I think that metaphor, you know, I think there's really, there's some real value there. Right. Cause like so much of, of what goes on with this like weird left bubble, right? It's like what, uh, what Matt Crispin was talking about, about how, um, you know, we like a lot of our politics right now is like, we're all off on Twitter uh, building ships and bottles. And then we, you know, we go to the shipyard and we're surprised that, you know, we haven't gotten any closer to building a ship, uh, you know, because, you know, cause again, we, we kind of agree on things in our in group and then, in fact, we spend all this time enforcing the boundaries of that in-group, mm. and then we go out into the world, and and we're shocked to discover that nobody gives a shit about our in-group taboos because, like, they were never part of the process of deciding on them in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they know, didn't even like, know they exist. I mean, they would be astonished to hear that any of this is a thing. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah to- totally right. Like, like, there's so many things that are that are in-group taboos. You know, for. I, w- I was going to say the online left, but let's be honest, right? Like there's, there's no sharp distinction there. Uh, you know, it's fading. I think, I think, it is fading. Right. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, I sort of made this like tongue in cheek, but serious, like status, Facebook status earlier this week. And, you know, a lot of people have written to this effect. Matt Christman has been talking about it. Uh, Richard Seymour wrote a, a fantastic book called the Twittering machine last year. Um, you know, people have come to this realization, but it just struck me. It's like, you know, this is all a fucking game, isn't it? It's the, the on Twitter, Facebook, left book. It's all just the gamification of politics. And that's fine, right? Like if you, people want to make yeah. a game out of something, like who am I to say that you can't uh, dress up like a puppy, crawl on all fours and have somebody walk <laughs> around on a leash and have a little wholesome puppy play, right? But yeah. the second that you think that you're biologically a puppy, stops <laughs> being play. 
And it starts, it's become something so much more fucking perverse, doesn't it? Right? Like even, even like the most like, uh, just completely like depraved, like uh, puppy bottoms, you know, <laughs> are it's somewhere in their skulls are, are, are aware of the fact that they are indeed playing. It's a kink. Right. Mm. When they're fetching bones in the parks and and humping each other's, you know, beside, you know, fire hydrants or whatever it is that they're into. Look, I don't judge you guys. You do you. Right. You do you. But at some point they recognize it's a game. In a sense, the left is even more. De- I feel like in a sense, you might say that the left is perhaps more <laughs> depraved. In a sense, yeah. My my Zizek is terrible, but I felt like I was in a Zizekian rant there. In a sense, the left is even more depraved than that because almost none of us recognize that this is a game, that we have gamified politics and then projected it onto a world, pretending like that world respects the same rules, the same uh, guidelines, right? The same uh, like um, experience points. Right? That you get along the way, and and they don't. They just they just laugh at it. They laugh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So the same way that like you know we can we can have a good welfare state just by defunding the police uh, is you know like literally like you know you 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 talk to each other right in your little left echo chamber and like you don't even like you don't even look up what the municipal budget is. Uh, like you know like what yeah, you could yeah. literally do online yeah. um the the same way right that like this yeah like because nobody wants to think uncomfortable thoughts about this stuff that like you know when you say wow this is like the way that like we do this this weird like public shaming you know ritual right you know it's like really fucked up it's it, it really drives people away um, most people want nothing to do with it. You know, well, people don't like to hear that because, you know, it's, it's innately un- uncomfortable. Uh, you know, it sounds, you know, like, like some of it like overlaps, you know, with, with a, with a, a right, uh, right wing critique of, of the left, even though it's, it's for the opposite purpose. Right. right uh, yeah. you know, but like it's, it sounds superficially similar. So, you know, so that's, that's, that's enough to make you know people uncomfortable. So look, if you're just talking to each other, you can, you can work out all this stuff, you know, like all of these kinds of defense mechanisms, you know, so you don't have to listen to any of that, that like, Oh, mm. um, you know, this is just accountability, right? Like, like, like all, all anybody's talking to like, like the way, um, the way that so many people on the left talk about this stuff you'd think that all that was going on, all that anybody was upset about was that like some people who were, I don't know, highly placed individuals who are in society who were revealed to be members of the clan, right. You know, like had, like had people, you know, rudely, but correctly upbraid them. Right. You know, like that, that, that was, you know, you, you'd think that was it. Right. So, and, like you they know, just openly so, espouse like, you know, 1930s era, 1920s era race science on their Twitter account, right? As opposed to like have a slightly different interpretation of an undeniably left-wing position, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, right. It's that like, kind of hyperinflation of stakes and positions that in taking uh, that, that results in treating the most benign and banal circumstances as if they were 
right? Like, you know, uh, Donnie getting drunk again for the 20th night in a row and, and knocking out some more, more uh, plaster in your apartment with his forehead before passing out, you know, in, in the bathtub or whatever, right? Like, you know, Donnie needs a fucking intervention, right? Donnie, you're, you're like, you're, you're look, buddy, I know you don't remember the last 20 nights, but the bruises are there. And we're here to tell you <laughs> that like, it's time for some accountability, buddy. You know, like and they treat the most minor offense in the same way. Right. Or as yeah. if it were some like Southern congressman espousing race science in 1920. Um, it's it's twisted. It's twisted. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, ab- absolutely. Right. And, and so but the point is just that, like, if it's us and we're all acculturated into it, uh, then like a lot of people will kind of accept these like weird defense mechanism rationalizations of it, you know, that like, Oh, it's just accountability. All this, all you're talking about is like wealthy and powerful racists being like correctly chastised. Right. Like, and of course all that bears no resemblance to reality, but you know, but we can kind of convince ourselves that it's true, uh, that that's all the issue is. That's, that's the whole thing. Um, you know, even though, even though we fucking know better, right? Like, see last four episodes, for examples. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the I should say before we get before we get going, dear listener. This is like a capstone on our cancel culture series that we've been running in a in a somewhat ad hoc way. But like, there's just more to talk about week after week, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, we'll I, stop I mean, I mean, when the when the madness stops. You know, the beatings yeah, will, I mean, will look, stop when uh, people yeah. no longer require beatings. I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, just 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 to pick stuff like just to pick stuff in the last like few days that I happen to have seen, right? Um, so we got uh, there was a um, a curator of, uh, of of an art museum in San Francisco, was a curator for like thirty years. Uh, they were having a meeting about uh, have collecting more art by artists of color. Uh, at the uh, at at the end of the meeting, they said, "Hey, like they they flippantly said something like, hey, 'Hey, don't worry, we'll still collect art by white people.' Uh, and and uh, and the you know maybe they also like said something awkward about how if we hey if we didn't that would be you know that would be discrimination too it would be reverse discrimination right and then and people heard that this person used the phrase reverse discrimination not for the sake of making some sort of anti affirmative action reactionary comment or anything like that. But just literally, those words had come out of their mouths, uh, and uh, 200 people signed a petition calling them to be fired, and they resigned. Uh, that just, you know, just just saw that one today. Um, on I'll moving a little closer to the left, last I'm gonna, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and shove my foot in my mouth, Ben, and by by just before you move on here, by suggesting that if in a museum that wasn't <laughs> explicitly tasked with collecting art from quote people of color which by the way is not an is neither an anthropological nor a scientific nor a biological category yeah right, right, right if right. a museum <laughs> were to explicitly uh you know like restrict the the artistic collections of of quote <laughs> white people that would be discriminatory it, it, it would have did um that's the, that's what language mean like d- that's that's the meaning of discrimination right and so but, like so like yeah, it, it, but, it's but, like but they, a, it's a they used a like, combination of words right. that people have are you know have heard in other contexts yes. by people who had bad intentions were saying bad things. Yes. And this is and, what you get when con when when you 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 spend a decade as an hyper academic left arguing that context doesn't matter. 
right? This is what post-structuralism was all about, the death of the author and going all the way back to, you know, the early days of DPS with Walter Ben Michaels and and the way the battle he's been waging in his discipline of English. Uh, Like, you know, yes, authorial intent absolutely matters because as soon as you rid, you know, the world of that, then then you're you're saying the context is not important and then suddenly uh, haphazard linguistic arrangements can render you uh, the equal of Adolf Hitler. Um, yeah, well, because it's, it's this to- it's this toxic combination of believing something that's sort of right, which is uh, that outcomes, uh, effects matter more than intentions. Now, by itself, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that that does matter more in the sense that you know institutional arrangements, economic systems, you know, things, things of this nature mm-hmm. uh, can have really bad effects, even if no individual actor in, in that, those systems, you know, is, is operating on the basis of bad intentions. That's a hundred percent true. The problem is they're taking this correct insight that outcomes matter more than intentions and they're combining it with an intensely moralistic laser focus on individual behavior, yeah. uh, which, which, yeah. which, which means that like, I mean, once you do those two things at the same time, like, well, look, what's an outcome? I don't know. Like anything that anybody complains about, right? <laughs> like that's, you know, yeah, like yeah. It, it just, it's just like the standards are all gone and there's no possible defense anymore. Cause, cause, cause it, you know, you've decided uh, that, that intentions don't matter. So you're going to, get just bizarre insanity like this um and you're scrapping the process to justify the conclusion that you've already reached at the outset which is this is a very bad man these are very bad words and he's a very bad person for saying it. he needs to be uh, somehow sequestered from from you know polite civilized society and and the thing is like sometimes that works and when i say works i mean sometimes it's effective in terms of yeah getting this guy fired getting these other people banished from various roles from icing people you know even the people who who don't end up banished they have to watch what they say and and skirt certain you know really crucial issues yeah. um and so of, it and works course, in that the, the, sense but it, it's not an effective political yeah. tool uh, as trump gains no, in no, popularity it's, it's, and 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 the you know the, the far right gains steam uh, in europe and, and and abroad and elsewhere yeah i mean look it's it's not an effective tool for bringing about some sort of larger social change. Uh, it's an effective tool for getting a lot of people you've never heard of that. Like most people have never heard of fired, right? Like that's, that's, yeah. that's what it does. Um, although again, that, that qualifier that most people have never heard of uh, is really important because like, like this, this uh, some lifetime like art curator, right? You know, like a, a guy who acquires paintings for a museum uh, he'll lose his job, right? But Donald Trump is president of the United States, right? We haven't achieved a society in which nobody says problematic things, right? We have, yeah. uh, you know, we've we've achieved a society where certain people in certain corners of the culture um, are terrified of being perceived to do so, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and in other corners, yeah, they could in other quarters, people less. are. Yeah, like people could care less, right? Like they, yeah. uh, they'll they'll define their identity around like not being, you know, being like that. Uh, they'll vote for Donald Trump because you know he's 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 giving people like this the middle finger, uh, and and got you know for listeners who 
who will, uh, you know, misinterpret that. No, for fuck's sake, I'm not saying uh, that uh, that the existence of Trumpism uh, was was brought into being, right? You know, by by the left being annoying. I'm saying that if we're evaluating this as a strategy for social change, even on the level of these, you know, interpersonal stuff that you people are obsessed with, it's not working. Um, But, you know, and and this idea that it's only, that's only going after people, you know, who are, who are wealthy and well-connected, like, you know, Hey, I don't know if, um, I don't know if, if like some museum curator, right. You know, his counts as one of the rulers of the world. Now I would think not, Uh, but, uh, you know, but certainly when you see stuff like last Friday, saw there's, there's a, uh, Iranian, um, you know, socialist PhD candidate at Georgetown, uh, who, um, who had, uh, who, who tweeted something about Elizabeth Warren having voted for sanctions that really hurt his family in Iran. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was, um, and there were, I don't know, like war and dead enders. Apparently those still exist now uh, who were, um, who were mass tagging uh, his uh, Georgetown uh, to, uh, to urge that he be fired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like apparently, you know, like he's uh, some like, you know, uh, contract laborer, quasi grad student situation who teaches like, you know, he probably got assigned like some feminist thought class because like nobody else would teach it for slave wages uh, and, and yeah, they were like, this is who's teaching feminism in 2020, a guy who says nasty things about Liz Warren. How dare you, sir? <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. like and, and, and of course, like the trick here is you tell people this now, granted they're mass tagging his employer last week. So who knows if anything will happen or not? Probably not. Right. But like people, yeah. people say, Oh, but like, has he been fired? If so, what do you, if not, what are you talking about? Uh, because, they literally, or like, you know, a uh, friend of the, the show, uh, Dustin uh, Gostella, uh, you know, there, there were literally people on, on Twitter saying he should be expelled from, D- from DSA for writing an article uh, that committed violence uh, by advocating a, like, you know, a slightly different take, right, you know, on, on police reform issues. Yeah. Um, hey. Like, and, and, that gets, yeah. so, and that gets to the heart of like where, 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 what concerns me, because I really do look, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I think like, I think what the battle that you wage and you, you do it in your book and you've been doing it ever since we've been doing it for the past several weeks on DPS and this kind of like uh, ad hoc cancel culture series. Where we're really trying to think through this stuff. Um, you know, you're here to defend the, 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 the quote little guy and, and, and the not so little guy and, and the, the, the real victims of this stuff. Um, and of course, that's not all you're doing. You talk about the discursive kind of uh, uh, um, uh, culture, democratic cultural element to the to this process. But like, perhaps we don't we haven't been talking about that enough because we've gotten some pushback the last couple of weeks. People are like, oh, really? You guys are going to talk about cancel culture again? Like, boo hoo for those two guys who did the thing. Oh, now they don't have a job. Whatever. Like, they probably deserved it. Like, all right, whatever. Like, I would even suggest that we could be agnostic on that question. But I also think that's a bizarre interpretation because from day one, when I have talked about cancel culture, when I had Angela Nagel on a few years ago, right after she wrote Kill All Normies, when I had uh, Christian Parenti on, I had Freddie DeBoer on, I had a number of other people who were talking explicitly about free speech and 
and, and that the contradictions of free speech in a bourgeois society wherein power is, uh, you know, uh, not <laughs> distributed equally amongst uh, uh, citizens, but, uh, but uh, according to their wealth and, and their yeah. position in the political economy and all the rest of it. Um, you know, even still, we talked about all of this stuff in terms of like what it does, not only for, you know, uh, the individuals who fall prey to cancel culture, the canceled, right? Yeah. But most importantly, like what kind of like discursive universe are we creating for ourselves? And we're like, we're like now living in that wreckage, like three years on, which is to say no, like not yeah. much of a, dem- there is, there is zero democratic culture on the left. There just yeah, isn't any. It's like, it's so- a conversation that you have with your fucking waspy dad every day, all the time. That's what it is to be on the left. That's what it is to be on the left. We have so many tangled, uh, you know, thorny, sticky problems that we've got to deal with collectively and democratically that no one person has all the answers to that we really need to be chewing on if we're not going to be rendered completely fucking, um, you know, obsolete. but, But we're stuck in this infinite, like, waspy dad phone conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That like the fact that, you know, somebody can't, you know, write an article that's, um, you know, that, that like maybe, you know, like maybe get some stuff wrong, you know, but it's like really trying to like, you know, think through like a, a complicated issue that like we obviously, as we've been discussing with the police defunding thing, right. Like that we haven't collectively thought through very well, like that, like that, that an article like that, which by the way, contains no like policy prescriptions that any of the people complaining about it wouldn't like, right. Like mm-hmm. it, it had, there's, there's no, um, there's no, here's what we should do even in that article that like any that like any of the people, you know, denouncing it like would 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 think is like a bad or reactionary policy. I've seen people argue that it's implied, but like you know, do your fucking work. Like you know, like write write your own article where you like explain how it's implied. You know, this again another another symptom that gets overlooked every fucking day of the absolute collapse of democratic culture on the left like we are and i stole this from a a friend of a friend on facebook but like we're through the looking glass on this shit right now that like we are looking at a world on a left certainly a left wherein democratic culture is already it's always it was already had been dead before we recognized it you know that that's the symptom is that to be canceled to be denounced online for mate for daring to make an argument just takes for granted that you know, doing what you might have done in other times and places, which is write a well thought out rebuttal to said position that was taken by your, uh, you know, your yeah, yeah. Like, opponent. That's like, just completely I, off the table. We just skipped I, that. No arguments, no counter arguments need to be made. You're objectively, obviously, and moralistically a monster. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. Like that, like you, literally don't write the response essay where you draw out what the problems are. You just kind of skip to, we all understand that this is bad. Now, what are we going to do about this person who who wrote it? Right. Which is, yeah. So it's, it's terrible as far as, as democratic culture goes, you know, that like as, as far as our ability to collectively think through 
hard problems. It's lobotomizing, right? Like that alone mm. would be would be enough yeah. reason uh, to to really want to be alarmed by this stuff and really push back against it. But also going back to the point about the AOC tweet, like this is the kind of thing that you know when when most people right see who who are not like deeply acculturated into the political subculture of the left they're not uh you know they're not like emotionally committed to being involved with our shit right you know they uh like most people see this right the most common reaction is wow i'm out right like i don't want (laughs) any part of this uh and and so so that to me is the larger point because like look i think a lot of this stuff you know i mean it is toxic and it is a shitty way to treat people and i'm willing to be enough of a you know petty bourgeois idealist to say that like wow you shouldn't act like this right but like you know that is a relatively small point if that were all there is to say about it right that like it's it's a it's it's kind of a shitty way to treat people but whatever right there there we we live in a you know we live in a hell world like you know there are lots of things that you could pick right you know to uh, to get upset about um and you know then i would see the point right but like the thing that concerns me more is that if we're going to do anything about all those larger problems then we need to build a left a version of the left that uh that most people will find appealing right you know that yeah. like that like you know that that is is it going to be like this 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 cabal of humorless scolds that you know that like most most people would cross the street to avoid having to talk to um and and so you know if you're if you're talking to each other right like there's a um you know like there's a citations needed episode that's a podcast that sometimes does good work right but they uh they do but they did this episode about the Harper's letter and ensuing issues uh, that like a lot of people in the last week told me, Oh, you got to listen to this. This is the, this is like the definitive word on this, right? Like this is all there is to be said about like uh, why we don't need to worry about any of this stuff. And I listened to it tonight and it, uh, Adam, it's the fucking stupidest thing. Like I listen to Rogan all the time uh, and like some of his guests do not have well thought out things to say about the world (laughs) to put it lightly. Uh, This might be the worst podcast episode, you know, Uh, I was was actually, I thought you were going to say something nice about a citations needed episode uh, that came out uh, about this topic and I was about to be shocked. And then you said it was terrible. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I expected that. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 cause, I, cause, I cause, expect nothing less of them. Uh, that's that's Adam Johnson's rag, isn't it? Yeah, Adam India, Johnson and Nina Shirazi. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like, know Nina, but I do. I've had some run-ins with Adam, and I wouldn't expect anything less from him. But and here's yeah, why. And here's why. Yeah. Because there's a difference between the ignorance that you see on the Rogan show and yeah. willful fucking stupidity, which is what you see from the left on this. It's willful. Yeah. It's like they're trying. They're they're going extra hard to be wrong and, and fucking pig-headed yeah. and lobotomized. Well, and, and particularly, you could tell it's willful stupidity in this case because, look, if they're doing a Citations Needed episode about how, you know, people enthusiasm about how, like, the spread of free markets is reducing, you know, global poverty uh, or being statistically dishonest or, you know, or or whatever, right? They did a great episode on, on how... Um, 
on how drug rehab shows are like sleazy and medically baseless, right? Like mm -hmm. they, when they want to do to, they can think. Yeah, but right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good on point. this subject. They, they don't want to. Yeah, the incentives, the incentives point, the incentives point in the opposite direction, right? And so exa exactly. So, so like it was a half hour version of that AOC tweet. And the problem is that if you're talking to each other and all you want is a reassurance that this is not a thing you need to worry about, mm -hmm. right? Then all the shit that they said in the episode, all the, you know, like the, the stuff that's like gestured out of the AOC tweet, that, oh, this is just powerful people who don't want to be held accountable for their crimes. Like, okay, never mind. I, now I feel better, right? Yeah. But if you're talking to people who aren't in like tribally invested in identifying with us, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, is most people, <laughs> then, uh, you know, the then like. The vast majority of people, yes. The, yes, the overwhelming majority of people. And you try that, they'll say, wait, 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 what? Like, so, um, so that, that, that time that like, you know, a hundred thousand people were yelling at somebody, uh, because they had like a slightly wrong, like, you know, position on something that's like probably still miles to the left of what I think is a normal person. Uh, like, like you think that's, that's cool. That's, that's fine. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay buddy. Have fun with that. Right. Like, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'm not, you know, cause, cause it, it's just the Matt Chrisman line is perfect. There's no friction, right. Yeah, that like frictionless that, space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That we, that um, we've created for ourselves. It's a game. It's a game, right? You get killed in the latest call of duty and, and you know what, <laughs> you know what? I found this out. I'm not much of a gamer, Ben, but you know what happens? Yeah. Nothing happens. You don't, you don't die. You don't die. It's incredible. Your character dies, but nothing happens to you. It's genius. You know, so you can restart as many times as you want. It's frictionless. The stakes are invented and made up. The rules are completely fabricated and have no bearing on, on reality. But if you can convince enough people to go along with it and structure the incentives accordingly, you can create a parallel universe that gets projected and or grafted onto real social existence, wherein this stuff suddenly starts to matter enough where there are real consequences. And yet, yeah. it's just complete, and that, that's what the left is now, right? There's been this full sublimation of the gamification of the online left, which has now been projected onto the real left. And so when AOC makes a tweet like that or, or takes her kind of culture warrior stances like that, like we did that, we created that, right? Like that's why I have like a, a little bit of a soft spot for AOC. People are like, oh, come on, Adam, you're way too easy on her. You know, you go way too easy on her. She's, she's wrong about a lot of shit, man. A lot of cringeworthy moments. If you're a materialist driven, uh, you know, uh, like political economy, you know, uh, caring Marxist. Uh, but we did that. We brought her into life via these, the, this grafting of this frictionless online space on, on, into the world, which is why I got, I got to come back to it. Maybe my original question seemed a little off. Like it seemed yeah. a little bit of a buzzkill. Maybe listeners are like, yo, Adam, you're going kind of hard for the first five minutes. What the fuck are you asking that for? But now it's, we're coming full circle. What does it mean, given all of that? What does it mean to be a socialist 
in July of 2020. Yeah, right. I mean, look, it's, um, I mean, things are pretty grim because it's not Call of Duty. And <laughs> it turns out that, like, if Bernie Sanders loses, then, you know, you don't say, oh, God damn it. Now I'm going to have to start over again from the Iowa caucus. No, you're just done. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. that's, that, that's it. Yeah. Right? Like, that, that there's no, like, you just have to live with all this shit for an absolute bare minimum of four years, realistically, probably a lot more than that. Right. Where, uh, like, real people will die. Like maybe not you because uh, yeah, you're a petty but, bourgeois, like a uh, cosplaying, like Twitter Marxist, you know, who, who, yeah, who yeah. mostly you, doesn't have to live out the most direst of consequences for the left's political failures. Yeah. Although God knows, right. I mean, like right now we're also, um, you know, living in a time when, you know, I mean, like when, like real talk, would we all get vaccinated and, and, you know, and, and we could emerge from, uh, from some awkward compromise between real life and house arrest, uh, then, um, there are going to be like every restaurant is going to be an Applebee's because <laughs> yeah. all of the nice restaurants you used to go to, uh, went out of business during the pandemic. Right, like uh, it, it, it's going to be much more of a hellscape than it is right now. So, like, whatever, lots of petty bourgeois people uh, are, are are going to suffer some consequences. They're probably not going to die, but like you know, but but like it's it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for for everybody. Um, I mean, like that's you know, like we really this this stuff does does matter kind of a lot. Uh, which, by the way, just to connect up the subjects, is why I was a little upset um, back Iowa caucus. Uh, some of you idiots were, uh, were, were upset that uh, the most popular podcaster in the world had endorsed Bernie Sanders, and uh, Bernie <laughs> Sanders didn't say, no, fuck you. <laughs> right, like that. Uh, I, Bernie Sanders, you know, the, uh, stand up against the uh, the bigotry and uh, the oppression and the uh, transphobia of uh, uh, Mr. Joe Rogan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. like like you know, which which yeah, God, like amazing, right? Like uh, like that. Just this idea that like literally nobody alleged that Bernie had changed any of his policy positions on trans issues or anything else, right? Like that, like mm -hmm. literally it's just, if you're supported by bad people and you welcome their support, then the badness like infects you, rubs right? off like, on you. Yeah. rubs off on you. And maybe it's this paranoid, like narcissistic politics of contamination that a lot of like, like heady cultural theorists have written about, which is like the, the, one of the kind of, um, yeah and it's the same shit with the the reaction to uh you know to the to the harper's letter that uh that like oh yeah okay whatever the content might be fine and and there might be people signing it like noam shomsky like jacobin contributing editor matt yeah. carp uh but seth ackerman seth ackerman right but look bad people signed it Ooh, so contamination because, so cultures of the self purity that that that, uh, the, that the so that means that the supposedly good people who signed it are actually bad because when they 
right. fixed their signatures to the same document. Yes. They were contaminated by the badness of the bad yes. people. And, you and, know, and, and maybe if you could just like start over from my caucus again and again, like somebody who's, who's failing really badly at call of duty, uh, then like maybe eventually you would figure this out. Uh, but to get back to your thing, right. You can't. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's pretty brutal, right? Like, like people, you know, there are people right now who are, you know, upset at, at Angela Davis, mm-hmm. By the way, there were also people upset at Angela Davis like a few weeks ago uh, because, you know, she's a prison abolitionist, which is not at all my position. But like she uh, but because she has this position, uh, somebody said, oh, so but like, what about these like cops, you know, kill people? Should they be in prison? And so she did the one premise deduction from her position and said, no, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, mm-hmm. and there are people who agree with that premise, but were somehow mad at her for like understanding yeah. the obvious consequence of it. And in this case, what they're mad at her for is just living in the world that we, with our bad decisions have created, right? That like, uh, that, you know, we, we had a shot at, you know, at what could be, the beginning of some kind of social democratic something and, you know, and, 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 you know, and, you know, that, that could be the first, like the first, like two feet of that democratic road to socialism. Yeah. Right. You know, that would be the best case scenario, but whatever, like we had our shot at that uh, and, and we fucked it up. It didn't work. Right. So like now, we, if we're going to live in the world, that means that there are exactly two people who could become president um, this fall. You know, we could, you know, either it's either going to stu- it's either going to be Trump again, uh, or it's going to be this decrepit, hair sniffing credit card company in the form of a man that the Democrats insisted on nominating instead of Bernie Sanders. Um, and so, like, you can. If you just see politics as a performance of individual moral commitment, it's very easy to say, ah, well, fuck that. I'm not, you know, mm. I, I'm not, I'm not voting for, for, for that. Right. You know, that's, there's this Biden is, is, is horrible. Right. And, and I have good politics and good values and, 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 and I'll, I'll, I will, I will reaffirm those good values. Right. You know, by, by not voting for it. But of course that's, that's just a, you know, like that's just declining in ways that might be fine in most states, you know, might have consequence in others, right? But that's just like declining to to engage with with the world, the, the horrible, hellish world that we've been given, right? If you are going to engage with it, then, you know, I mean, Angela Davis is obviously right that like, you know, she said that this isn't a matter of like finding, you know, picking the president who's going to lead us to the world we want to be in right you know that like uh that this this is a matter of, of figuring out like what's going to be um you know in in terms of like basically the terrain we're going to be fighting on right uh what's 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 going to be a better terrain uh and like if think you're very serious that um that we can't, there's no, any hope for that question you asked at the beginning to have like a substantive answer in the future, right? That like, what is to be a socialist? You know, what, what is it to be a socialist right now? That any hope that they'll ever have an answer that's not just a description of the thoughts in your head, 
right? You know, but yeah. like is is has something to do with your objective relationship to the world outside of your head. Uh, any hope mm-hmm. to, of that lies through an organized working class. And if you care about an organized working class, then you should care, right? This is by by God knows no means the be all and end all, but you should care uh, about who's sitting on the National Labor Relations Board uh, because that's going to decide a lot of strategically important things going forward. Um, and you should care whether you have judges who are going to be part of a crusade to destroy what's left of the labor movement in the United States. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and a, a neoliberal warmongering piece of shit like Joe Biden is going to appoint Democrats to this, the, this stuff, because that's how, you know, his party machine works. And Donald Trump is going to appoint Republicans to it. And, you know, it's, it's, disgusting it's ashes in our mouths that like those are the options right now but they are yeah and i mean and and i mean everything that you've said is really extremely important but it's almost like we have to peel back a little bit because the fact that you even have to make that argument um rests on the on on the on the fact that we are living in this like speaking of ashes in mouths we're, we're living on the ashes of 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 what was the kind of um, post-war social democratic culture of the left. Um, and, and it had its flaws. It was, it was anti-communist. It, it, there were elements in there that were nationalist. There, it fell prey to its own flaws and, and its own sure. contradictions and, 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 and its, its own designs in many ways, at least in part, at least 50% of it, you know, was uh, that. Of course, you know, there was a, epic class struggle on the other side that ultimately prevailed in the 70s and 80s and not to be discounted but we did a lot of it to ourselves and we need to learn those lessons but we're standing on the ashes of that culture that working class trade unionist culture and what's replaced it is this 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 purely nihilistic posture uh, of of this kind of hyper narcissistic culture of the self because we don't believe that collective action is possible anymore we don't believe in solidarity anymore and so we're, we're raised and is, is there any, is it any surprise that the generation of, 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 of Gen Z and millennials who were raised in this, this uh, like hyper anxious neoliberal cult of the perfection of the self would grow up to become the generation of leftists that would like thoroughly neoliberalize the culture of the left and turn it into this, uh, this game of, like I said, this 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 fear of con- wherein this fear of contamination just 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 you know pulses through the veins of every interaction, right? Whether it's yeah. you know a, a, a debate, whether it's a you know on by a, a, a Jacobin contributor and a DSA member, whether it's a let an open letter, whether it's anything, it's just you know we we can't allow the bad the very bad things to contaminate. Uh, this this perfection of self that I am uh, the, the only my only existence my only purpose in the world is to project my individuality this perfection that I've created this temple of the self into the world um, yeah. and protect it at all costs from from that that vile contamination yeah everybody everybody's a brand and you know you don't want to sully the brand um, yeah. and and everybody's like the individual like 
very individually a brand, right? Like, yeah. like, you know, you, you, um, you know, like I'm sure if you read the daily worker in 1936, like you had your favorites and, you know, and, and, and like some writers you didn't like or whatever, but like you weren't like evaluating them as individual oh, brands yeah. in yeah. anything like uh, this way. And yeah, and it is. And, and like, and I think the thing that often gets lost here just analytically is that it's both right. Cause sometimes people who are feeling defensive about this stuff will say, ah, what you're describing is just, it's just the internet. It's just the way the internet is. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is some truth to that. Right. Uh, but it's, Part of so the the element of truth is that so much political discussion right now goes on on social media platforms that are you may be aware not public utilities right they they are they are designed and owned uh, by profit seeking corporations like yeah, Jack Dorsey uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and and like all products made by these corporations, right? When you know they they engineer them to be as addictive as at all possible, right? Totally. Uh, intentionally, like that's mm-hmm. that's like whether we're talking about cigarettes or like little Debbie snack food or whatever, right? Like that's that's the way all that shit works. Yeah. Uh, which is why you've got this, you know, this structure of like likes and retweets and all that shit, right? Like in um, John Ronson's book, uh, "So You've Been Publicly Shamed," one of the most insightful things that they at the end of the book is he talks about the. Uh, uh, electronic speeding signs will show you how fast you're driving, what the speed mm-hmm. limit is. Mm-hmm. And of course these shouldn't work, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, they, yeah. they, like there's no good reason this should work because it gives you no, like there's no enforcement mechanism attached and it also doesn't give you any information you don't already have, right? You've got the speedometer to tell you how fast you're driving. You've got yeah. the signs all over the road telling you what the speed limit are, but there are studies <laughs> yeah. showing that people do slow down because of these things, because you get that instant feedback, right? And of course, a lot of what drives this like toxic internet stuff is that you get, you know, worse forms of that kind of instant feedback, right? You know, that like you get immediately validated for, you know, enforcing, you know, in-group identity by, by denouncing somebody. Um, and so that's true, right? That that's true. This is, part of this is just the way the internet is. And, and God knows, not just the internet, because like these same marketing strategies are used for, for everything, right? This this is going to seem super off topic, but bear with me for just a second. Uh, they like, you know, I've got sleep apnea, right? I, I have like one of those masks, you know, that, that I have to wear, you know, when I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and because we live in fucking 2020, uh, when I wake up and I turn it on, and it tells me stuff like how many hours it was on and, and whether the masks, you know, fit was, you know, good, you know, the seal, the way it does it is it gives me like a little uh, smiley face for like good mask fit and a little frowny face, you know, for, for, for bad. And, uh, and there's a system associated with it called my air that I can log into and it'll, and they'll literally send me emails it's like, you know, it's like if you've ever learned a language on Duolingo, it's the same thing yeah, yeah. Uh, where they'll, they'll be you know, like, you know, you've unlocked the silver badge by, by wearing the mask at least six hours a day for, you know, 10, yeah, 20 days, yeah. you know, because like fucking everything is gamified using these same marketing strategies, right. mm-hmm. you know, so, so yeah, that is true. Some of it is just the internet, 
and this is the this is this is why this stuff infects the larger culture. It's certainly not unique to the left, but the problem is that when it intersects with the particular pathologies of the left that come out of everything you're talking about, um, then the combination is yeah. super toxic in yeah. ways that neither of them would be. Uh, neither of them would be individually, right? You know, because because we have, you know, we've we've been out of like that sort of social democratic project you're talking about. It never exactly got going in the United States the first place. It mm-hmm. sort of did in a really complicated way, right? Uh, but certainly Always not sort of way- like intertwined with like uh, nationalist market success and and uh, purchasing power. Which were yeah. you know, was not a phrase that that, to my knowledge, really existed in in uh, European social democracy. <laughs> it was yeah. not a concern, uh, but yeah. So it was very twisted. I don't want anybody to get you know get me get it twisted. Get me twisted by suggesting. Su- su- but to butt in here, like I've read about this stuff, and you can't t- you can't yeah. you can't he listened to a TED talk. You can't read a book about distraction and focus. You know, which I've got <laughs> very very open. I'm open about my adult ADHD. It's diagnosed. It's horrendous and I do everything I can to try to rein it in. But you'll hear these anecdotes about this uh, Stanford social scientist in, in the 90s named BJ Fogg. And uh, at Stanford, he founded the Persuasive Technology Lab. I had to look this guy up because I couldn't remember his name. Uh, but basically, essentially, he's the godfather of all of this shit where he researched how tech products could alter people's attitudes and behaviors. And, uh, and, and Fogg uh, was kind of the, the mentor of the people in, at Stanford who would go off into Silicon Valley and develop these apps like Facebook and Twitter and Tinder and all of these other apps that use these triggers and these, they, they literally uh, tap into your brain circuitry to alter your, the wiring and your reward centers and things like that. Um, and, and I mean, it's an extraordinarily intentional act uh, by uh, you know, these, uh, these, uh, overlords of our uh, technological existence. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I mean, so, so it's, it's all of it, right? I mean, so if, if, if Angela Nagel's kill all normies has a fault, it's uh, that, uh, you know, it was too one dimensional, right? Like she talked right. about the, the alienation uh, faced by like, you know, these incel types, you know, that, uh, that produces these kinds of things that, that, that shudder, you know, uh, sh- shuttles them into online spaces, which then have their own logics. These culture wars have their own logic, this inescapable logic that you and I have been talking about constantly. The way I like to say where is, you know, is oftentimes as you, you try to escape the vampire's castle and you end up trapped in the basement instead. Right. Because you, you, you just, you can't fight culture war with culture war. You, you just have to like shout this radical no at the top of your lungs and just opt out and say, no, I'm just not fucking doing this. Cause the more you fight it, the more you find yourself deeper in its grips. And, and so yeah, that's a, that's a part of it, but yeah, there's the technological component. There's the institutional component and the collapse of like solidaristic networks, you know, grounded in uh, militant trade union struggles and the, the histories thereof. And, and so like, you know, this really just circles right back to the question I opened the show with and, and we'll, we'll just kind of vamp on this for a couple more minutes and then we're going to turn it over to the patrons on the B side. Um, like, what does it mean to be a socialist in July of 2020? The left, like, I sure as hell don't have an answer. I don't expect you to have an answer. But, like, those of us who remain, who consider ourselves, like, class war, fucking bread and butter, political economy, like, centered 
Marxists need to start asking ourselves this question. What does it mean to be a socialist in July of 2020? It's haunting me. Yeah. I mean, I, I it, you know, and, and yeah, absolutely. Like, um, cause I mean, on the one hand, like I'm, 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 I'm tempted to like start up with the half-assed thoughts about whatever the strategic, you know, road from here looks like. But I also think that in some ways a more direct and relevant answer to the question is like, I felt like a year ago, right. Uh, that I had a decent answer to that question, right. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah. uh, you know, not a great answer. And in, in a lot of ways, especially looking back on it, the fact that we were even like trying to do things in the way that we were, it was kind of a crazy hail Mary to like get out of an impossible situation, but you know, whatever it could have worked. Um, like was, all right, there's, there's this sort of social democratic electoral activity going on. Um, and you know, that was, um, you know, again, the, the part of it that, you know, Matt Christmas talked about, right. That's, that's like a, that's the sort of, crazy attempt to like jury rig something that hasn't been built this way before is the historically successful uh, socialist electoral movements have, have been based on uh, an organized working class, you know, at, at point of production. And, and we don't have that, right. We were kind of trying to do it the other way around. Um, but at least relative to that caveat, right. I thought, okay, look, I get it, right. What it is to be a socialist in 2019 uh, is, conjecturally to be a social democrat and to have this perspective about how you know long term right we can kind of push social democracy to 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 its limits and and then we have this opening for for socialism properly speaking um and right now what makes the question so hard to answer and so grim is that even that like has not entirely Right, not completely, not forever, maybe, mm-hmm. but it has to a very considerable extent collapsed. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm kind of tempted to say that it's like it's not so much, you know, maybe maybe there is nothing, you know, it's like there's this there's this classic philosophy paper uh, called uh, "What It's Like to Be a Bat," where the point is that like you, you know, you actually like it's impossible in principle to like know what it'd be like to like have sonar and, you know, all the, like have the like mental states that a bat has um, that like you just could only that what the first person perspective would be of, of, of the bat is just inaccessible to us. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe like, you know, fuck, maybe there is nothing that it is to be a socialist in, uh, in 2020. Maybe we don't have socials right now. We have people who, who hope to be socialists at some point in the yeah. future. Like that, you know? like that, that line that Adolf Reed Jr. likes to spout that I love so much, like that thing, which at some point in the future uh, will have been a left, right? That the, the placeholder for the thing that <sighs> will have been one day a left, right. Is, is what we're, we're currently occupying in, in a sense, like um, being very conscientious about that. Right. And, and not, not slinking into this like thing that I hear thrown around a lot, like in this, uh, this complete clusterfuck that happened over at the bellows that, that probably doesn't deserve, uh, our, our remarks this moment, but this like collapse into what's now being called the post left. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I mean, it, like if there was a group of people who should fucking know better, you would think it would be these people because these are also the people who 
you know, as trapped in the basement of Vampire's Castle as they are, would have a lot of really negative things to say about post-structuralism. Like the easiest thing to say about post-structuralism would be that it was just a, a completely fucking daft move to just throw post on the end of something and expect that you've achieved anything at all, right? Like aside from like, you know, this um, totally like, a, I, I, you know, this, a shift grounded in pure idealism, um, whatever. Uh, that's that, the, I just opened up several cans of worms, but um, you know the idea that we are now we now need to move into some kind of post left or what we were doing wasn't working. I mean, I think ultimately, like maybe a, a, an an add on, a, 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 another provocation to my more like on the nose question would be something more kind of purely speculative and kind of thought experiment style. Is like, would there be a left as we know it? Uh, if Twitter collapsed tomorrow. <laughs> and so yeah, if, right. if, 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 so what I would say is if your project to go yeah. beyond the left or post the left, whatever the hell that means, would also collapse if Twitter collapsed tomorrow, then you're probably not going very far from the quote left that you think that you're overcoming, are you? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. What yeah, to do with I that. mean, look, and, and by the way, just, 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 just as a quick and dirty summary for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, the Bellows is an online magazine that published some good content. They, they published uh, the Brianna last piece that, you know, that she was on here talking about. They published a good article about uh, white fragility, uh, not the phenomenon of the book. You know, one of the, one of the two guys who started it fired in air quotes, the other one, cause you actually like, that's legally, you can't do that, but whatever. Uh, they, that's, yeah. um, that's actually, if the other guy was, you know, who's, who's a good guy, but like, if you weren't, if you were a litigious asshole, you know, they'd, they'd be in court over this right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, announced that, you know, that he, he was, he was casting off from the project that they co-founded, you know, he was firing him as if he were his employee. Uh, the co-founder for the reason these were his two, his two stated complaints, right. That like uh, that the, the other guy, uh, Ryan Smith kept kept the receipts, you know, um, the, the like chat conversations that had about it. His two stated complaints were one uh, that uh, that our friend Michael Brooks uh, had was recommending uh, articles from the Bellows, and and that uh, and that that Ryan was was retweeting these recommendations from the Bellows account, thus associating him the magazine with a podcast that for. God knows what reason, like, you know, like he, he, he doesn't like, it doesn't seem exactly aligned with what he wants or whatever. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that too many people were liking and sharing their articles who had pronouns in their bios on Twitter. Yeah. Like, so literally like just to, just to take a few whacks at this dead horse, you know, before we move on, um, this is a magazine that had on the masthead, you know, class war, not culture war. Yeah. And you could not get more culture war than this. Yeah. Right? It's that, just the other side of the culture war, i.e. Yeah. the basement of the vampire's castle, um, rather than making your exit. I mean, the, the, if that wasn't like the, the, the most like just pure distilled fucking Peruvian flake version of, of that uh, <laughs> allegory that I like to toss out. I don't know what is. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and like, so, yeah, like, I mean, like, 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 if I if I made that up and not like, and if I like wrote one of these like annoying novels 
that's like set in Brooklyn and everybody is like some <laughs> recognizable version of a real person. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, I put that in there, like that exact sequence of events. Yeah. You, you, like, you know, I, I don't know, bro. This, 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 this seems a little on the nose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're like, you know? definitely uh, flag that as too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're going to wrap up the A side uh, for this week. Um, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to throw that question out there. I don't, I, I don't know, man. I hope I didn't bum you guys out too much. Ben, I hope I didn't bum you out. I told before, just for the listeners to, to, to break the fourth wall here, I told Ben right before we pressed record today that I was going to pitch him a fucking, like a, 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 an oddball question that I just scribbled down in my notes prior to, to joining this call today. Um, and uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was instructive. I do think it's a useful way to try to frame and then ultimately move beyond the cancel culture stuff. Because like, I think when we, when we get bogged and and like, I think everyone can be guilty of of this from time to time. Lord knows I've been guilty of it. It's like you get in just enwrapped, you get wrapped in the specifics uh, and the arguments of, of, of this person got canceled and that was bad. And here's why that sometimes you just sort of need to pull back and like, why does any of this matter? Why are we asking these questions? And then, and then, and then sort of, you know, figure out what's at the root of all of our like deep seated, like sense of discomfort right now on the left. Because like, I think like nobody has any fucking idea what it means to be a socialist. in in the summer of 2020, wherein like, if you asked us that anyone that question six months ago, Holy shit, we could have we could have told you we were self you know self-assured and we had Bernie Sanders and the movement to go, you know, beyond social democracy and democratize society and you know throw out 20 different policies that were uh in favor among you know even normies and, and now here we stand, right? In the wreckage of all of this. And it happened so fast, didn't it? You know, so it's just this like blinding rate of decline and collapse. It's, it's happened all around us. It's been dizzying, hasn't it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could leave you guys on a, a much more positive note. Here's a positive note. We're going to take it over to the B side for the patrons. So, uh, if, if you thought that this conversation was important, even if it bummed you the hell out, uh, I would encourage you to become one of the uh, I don't know 300 some odd patrons of DPS. And uh, head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and smash that subscribe button at a level at which you are comfortable. Um, I don't know what the fuck it means to be a socialist in in July of 2020. I don't know where the left goes from here. Uh, I have a strong suspicion that there wouldn't be a left, certainly not a left as we know it, if Twitter collapsed tomorrow. Uh, But I do know that we need people around uh, who are going to be asking these convoluted and fucked up questions. And Ben and I I are, uh, we're here for it, folks. Um, we're going to be having a couple of new voices joining us, or at least one new voice joining us on the program very soon, just to kind of wet your whistle with a little teaser. Um, that'll be probably debuting next week. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, that right there is what they call in the uh, in the uh, liberal arts uh, a cliffhanger. So anyway, we're going to take it over the B side. Uh, look forward to chatting more with you patrons about these topics. Everybody else, don't miss out. Sign up today. Become a patron. Support this program. Uh, we, we need your support now more than ever, you guys. Lots more to come. See you guys. See you on the B side.